Good evening, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Complete Sports Media's podcast. I'm your host, Darren Campbell, and doing the weekend wrap-up as usual on a Monday. Jason Cameron joining me. How's it going, buddy? It's going good. It's going good. You know, Monday Monday is now over, which is always a positive thing for me. I, I'm not a Monday guy. No. I, I, don't, I don't think I've ever been a Monday guy. But you know what? As far as Mondays go, this was actually pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the Monday was actually nice. The weather was nice. It, yeah, yeah. But we'll, we're not going to have any more nice weather like that. That, that was it. That yeah, was our thing for I the next three weeks. I hear we're in for lots of rain, and uh, I, I know the feeling on Mondays. I, I spent uh, so many Mondays in the past year, I guess, a couple of years now, where I didn't work, and it was just phenomenal. It's so great to. You know, break down the NFL, all the things that went on, uh, just get into the week, ease in, and then go go to work Tuesday. Uh, yeah, I miss that. This has been kind of crazy uh, going to work Mondays. I haven't done it for a while, but today was good. Uh, good weather, easy day. Uh, yeah, so, uh, but I was sure pumped and excited to, to do this tonight because, man, what a weekend of sports. Like, we had the... UFC out of Madison Square Garden, New York City, one of the greatest cards ever, and one of the definitely the card of the year, I think, and just amazing, amazing fights to watch uh, on Saturday. Yeah, I was I was fortunate enough that uh, I I watched it with yet another friend, different friend. Um, had to go way out there though. He lives out in Mission. That was quite the trek, but uh, I was overjoyed at how good the event was we mm-hmm. both were i i'm gonna be honest a little bit tired that saturday but man i was not tired anymore after i saw some of those all of those fights i was pumped um, yeah just the energy coming out of that place and i couldn't believe it uh, so often uh these fights don't really live up to the hype. Uh, the cards, you know, they're stacked from top to bottom and you're thinking, Oh my God, this is going to be one of the greatest nights ever. And, you know, you end up, you know, liking some of the fights, uh, some of them just don't pan out, but just come constantly great fight after great fight. And, uh, it was just uh, so entertaining and, and Madison square garden is just legendary. You know, they call it the world's most famous arena. Uh, you could just tell it just meant so much more to everybody to be there in that crowd, 20,000 strong. And it, it just was, yeah, just incredible. What a, what a great way to start uh, finishing this 2021 year. Yeah. It, it, you couldn't have asked for a better night of fights. Like you, you literally couldn't ask for a better night of fights. The night of fights were so good that there was a lull during one of the best fights I've ever seen, but people were almost had a hangover from the previous fight, but we'll get into that later. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. That was, that was pretty weird. Yeah. That uh, people were just so hyped up about one. And if the second fight was just almost as good, but they had just been, they had completely blown their energy out. Uh, Week nine of the NFL uh, concluding tonight uh really pretty tight game so far uh really weird uh weekend in the nfl a lot of big upsets uh this game so far has the steelers up by 10 23 13 uh steelers just kicked the field goal uh darnell mooney scored the uh touchdown for the bears 15 
15 yard TD, but uh, then the bears had the ball and just fumbled it. So um, yeah, I don't know. I, I know you have a bet going tonight. I know you're on the bears side, uh, but um, I don't know. I, th- I think the Steelers are, are in for it. Uh, a win tonight. It looks like. Okay. Number one, I'd make that bet. I like his. Oh, you didn't. Like, uh, yeah, oh, you canceled it. Okay. I yeah. like his terms. I don't okay. like it at all. I, I know. I know. We know Tony. Yeah. So trying to get one over on me, and I said, no, no, <laughs> no, no, I'm not doing that. That's smart. Um, but but we will get another bet that's better for both of us. Nice. Just not tonight. Yeah. I didn't like that bet. I didn't like uh, that bet. I, I'm glad you pulled out of it. I'm glad you decided. It wasn't uh, good for you because, yeah, I, I didn't like the terms either, but I just thought, okay, you guys are going to do it. You're going to do it. Sometimes people want to bet so bad that they'll even go with terms that aren't very good for them. No, no. Yeah. And and you have to always remember, it's like, you want to win, right? <laughs> you want to make money, not just lose your money over nothing. So yeah. I, I, I didn't like that, but we'll, we'll probably make a bet for this Sunday coming up on a game that works for both of us i used to go golfing with some guys that wanted to bet so bad that they would uh you know say okay darren uh, there's money on these holes we gotta you know you know make it interesting i'll give you a couple strokes per side um no no it's good okay okay three four five they would just i'd keep sloughing them off sloughing them off and they'd keep increasing it increasing it <laughs> to the point where there was no way they could win the bet and so i'd say ah yeah sure and then boom i'd always uh, end up with the money in the end and i was like they are that crazy to bet they, they want to bet so bad that they're willing to make the odds in their favor in, in my favor so good that they can't even win that's bizarre yeah it is bizarre it is bizarre but also too that, that's a problem it's an addiction problem. Yeah, that's what that is. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hi, my name is Joe. I have a gambling problem. Maybe that's the next conversation they should have. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's what they should have. But let's make this bet first, okay? <laughs> <laughs> bet how long they're going to be able to last in their rehab, you know, trying to get out of Gamblers Anonymous. Yeah lay inside bets <laughs> exactly exactly yeah uh, it's hilarious uh this is gonna be a great week uh we've got a short week this week uh remembrance day veterans day in the u.s uh super important day for you know to honor uh the fallen heroes and the, the people who fought for our freedoms uh i always make sure that i'm somewhere 11 11 you know 11th hour 11th day 11th month uh honor those guys uh means a lot to me some guys lots of people just go ah holiday great and they don't recognize it but i do i think it's very important to remember all those people that have helped us be free yeah it it, it, absolutely absolutely it's it's important for us to remember uh the quote-unquote greatest generation because of we will we're living what they sacrificed yeah. We, 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 we are able to live free and clear because of their sacrifice. And that's something to be honored and remembered always yeah. forever, as yeah. far as I'm concerned. So, yeah. So, yeah, I'm glad to, we, uh, you know, we always have that day and um, I'm glad sometimes the productions that we work on don't recognize it, but uh, I'm so glad that they do. Cause 
you know, I think it's very important and, uh, but it, it makes it good. Um, we also, you know, we work way too hard, put too many hours in. It's nice to have a, a midweek day off. Uh, it's qu- quite rare for us. Yeah, it is quite rare. And I know for myself, I'm going to be somewhat enjoying it. I, I, I got to help a friend, you know, do some moves and stuff like that. But you know what? It's my boy. He asked me to help. So I'm helping. All good. The uh, We talked about the USC briefly that night. Uh, it was going up against the Canelo Alvarez fight. Uh, that was quite surprising that um, they ended up going head to head. Uh, same night, uh, pay-per-view was $80 for the boxing, $65 for the UFC. Um, I, I I ended up getting to see the Canelo fight, but uh, kind of brutal that when they, uh, these two sports decide to put on these pay-per-views at the same time on the same night. It almost makes it seem like to me like they did like the boxing, not so much UFC, but boxing did that on purpose. Yeah, maybe they did. I think they did that on purpose, maybe to prove a point that we're still top dog. I don't know. You know what? I guess we'll find out when the numbers actually come out on who came out on top. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, I know that the boxing match I heard from you very good. I was yeah. concentrated on the UFC. I wish I could have seen them both, but obviously I could not. But you know, like it would it would have been it would have been so much better if they just had it on different nights. So much better. Yeah, no, it was. Uh, yeah, I was. I was really frustrated that they put them on at the same time. Uh, you know, I could see it off in the corner, and I was keeping my attention to it. But you know, the USC was happening, and and uh, yeah, I was mad. Uh, luckily, I've watched some, you know, lots of replays as well, so I could see it in more in depth and hear the commentary better and stuff. But yeah, Canelo Alvarez, uh, uh, sixth. A complete unified title uh, holder. He has all four belts. Um, Man, he is a phenomenal talent. And uh, he's been 16 straight, uh, uh, 16 undefeated streak. He had the one draw against Triple G. But other than that, uh, man, what a force. Um, I think it's the first uh, all unified champion from Mexico. And and uh, just uh, starting to get into legendary status, one of the greatest of all time. Well, you, all you have to do is just look at his record. He's got one loss. Yeah, we I, we knew we know who he lost to. Right. And yeah. for the for the listeners and viewers out there, that was Floyd Mayweather, who hasn't lost to anybody. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Only person he's ever lost to. Yeah. I'm gonna be honest. I I just he's at the height of his powers right now. I don't see anybody beating that dude right now. No, I don't see anybody beating him right now. No one. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. It's so great. Um, yeah. It's great to be in, in an era of a guy that's that uh, incredible and, and Floyd, you know, had an amazing career undefeated. Uh, once he's, you know, moved to the side now, uh, Canelo's taken over. We saw Manny Pacquiao just retire. Uh, we've, you know, we've seen so many guys, in, in those weight classes that are just uh, phenomenal to watch. And, and it's great. It, it definitely shows that boxing's still got a ton of popularity. I do fit. I do feel like when the numbers come out, the UFC's uh, pay-per-view buys will probably be more, which uh, isn't the case at quite a few of these um, big boxing matches, but uh, really strange and, and really too bad. They ended up putting it on the same night. 
It it is too bad. But again, like I I think that was strategic, maybe on the boxing side. Again, just to possibly quote unquote, I I don't have any like uh, real like proof of this, but to just to put the UFC in their place, you yeah. know. Anyway. But at the same time, though, I hope that the numbers are close because then Kamaru Usman would actually have a real argument to go to Canelo and say, well, you made some numbers, but so did I. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, there's a bit of rumors that uh, they're trying to put together a boxing fight between Usman and Canelo. And uh, I think that would be really, really dumb, really ridiculous. Uh, you know, and it would be also just as ridiculous if Canelo said, sure, I'll do MMA and fight you, Usman. Uh, different sport, just just let's not go there. I don't want to see that. Connor did it, fine, but, uh, you know, keep these guys in their own sport. And also, too, I'm going to be, let's, let's, let's delve a little bit more into it, which was Floyd Mayweather made that fight look good. Right. People don't understand that. Right. He actually made that fight look good. Yeah. Canelo probably not going to do that. <laughs> what he's going to do instead is I'm just going to blow this guy out of the water right. and it's going to be over in round one or two. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. I hear you. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it won't be good. It won't turn out well for, for no. anybody involved except Canelo will just destroy him quick. Yeah. yeah. I do have some numbers from uh, the UFC's, um, Attendance was 20,750 sellout at MSG, uh, $9.9 million at the gate. Uh, that's the fourth highest gate in MSG history. Uh, UFC has uh, number one uh, and number four now in the history of MSG. And I said at the, at the start, the world's most famous arena. There have been so many events there. And for the UFC to have two, uh, four, uh, two of the top four highest gates ever from there, that's incredible. So, well, yeah, because you think about how many combat sports, boxing, whatever has been in MSG, it's, it's iconic. Yeah. All the battles that have gone through there and for the UFC to say, well, we got two of the best gates ever, yeah. ever, that, that, that's, that tells you something. That tells you that, this sport is on the come up. The sport is rising still, and it is a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, it's only uh, it's only been legal in New York for five years, and uh, man, they have been able to uh, put on some incredible events. Uh, I can't wait to break it down. It's going to be super fun. I've been chomping at the bit for the last couple of days, ready to break it down with you. But uh, why don't we just talk about the week nine of the NFL? Uh, really, as I said, very strange week. Uh, we had Buffalo losing to the Jags nine to six. We had the Cowboys, uh, being shut out 30 to nothing by the Broncos until they got a couple late, late touchdowns. Uh, the Titans surprised the Rams last night. That was quite shocking. The Cardinals, uh, still had the best record in the league. And even without Kyle Murray and three of their top uh, offensive weapons, they were able to uh, get a victory. Uh, the Chiefs didn't look good, squeaking out a win against the uh, Aaron Rodgerless uh, Green Bay Packers. Uh, Browns crushed their um, cross-straight rivals in Cincy, and Lamar had a big comeback. A lot to break down, a lot to talk about. 
Uh, let's we we usually start in the NFC West. We might as well start with the top team in the league again, Arizona, eight and one. Um, I really was shocked that Colt McCoy could come in and uh, really just fill in so admirably, have a great game and and uh, get a big 31-17 win over the Niners. Um, this just didn't seem to miss a beat. Yeah, it was just like, okay, so Murray's out, so we're just going to plug you in and nothing's going to change. And basically that's the way that worked. Wow. Nothing did change. Colt McCoy came in, handled his business, threw for 249 yards, 22-26, one touchdown. And uh, the running back, Connor, had a great game. 21 attempts for 96 yards, two touchdowns, and then received another one, five receptions for 77 yards. The man had a huge game. Massive game, man. Massive game, man. Massive. Yeah, they were down uh, DeAndre Hopkins, A.J. Green, and Chase Edmonds got hurt on the first play. So three of their top weapons plus their quarterback are out. Uh, we We saw Green Bay do it, but Rodgers was still in there. Uh, without Kyle Kyler Murray, um, you, you thought no way, but James Conner uh, stepped up, had a phenomenal, phenomenal game. Uh, Buda Baker had another pick, great on defense. Uh, Christian Kirk stepped in. Eno Benjamin had a TD. Um, yeah, I mean they, they are, uh, you know, they're really shocking people. I think people thought they were would be this good maybe a year from now, maybe two years from now. They they saw them coming up, but not quite ready. But uh, they have just um, really proved the world wrong after that heartbreaker loss on Thursday. They had another extra few days to get ready for this one. And, um, you know, I, I think they just put together a great game plan and pulled it off. Yeah, they did. They did. They pulled it. They, they had a great game plan. They put it together. Uh, they, they executed absolutely like flawlessly and uh it's just we just keep rolling the machine just keeps rolling it doesn't matter who's in there and it's it's awesome to see it really is yeah uh these are the cards drives uh their second drive of the game nine plays 57 yards resulting in a touchdown third drive eight plays 86 yards and touchdown fourth drive 14 plays 85 yards and a field goal and they had two forced fumbles and two punts in between all of those drives. And that was it. Boom. They, they put those score on the board. See you later, 49ers. Uh, Jimmy G had a lot of yards passing, had a great, uh, great game. George Kittle came back from injury, looked good. Brandon Ayuk was good. They have a lot of weapons, but they just couldn't compete with the, the, best, in the, the best in the conference. No, they, they couldn't keep up. Their offense can keep pace with the Cardinals, which yeah. is really weird to say because that the <laughs> Kyle Murray wasn't even in, and they still couldn't keep pace with that offense, that prolific offense. So, uh, just just a great work by the Cardinals and great preparation by the Cardinals uh, coaching staff to make yeah. sure that Colt McCoy was ready to go and uh, that they were able to execute just as well as they did in this yeah. game. Yeah, I like Cliff Kent. Kingsbury a lot and he was uh, he missed a game uh, because of COVID but came back and and really just put this game plan together and and looked phenomenal Uh, the Rams didn't uh, uh, hold up their end of the bargain and and keep pace with Arizona they took a big loss and quite surprisingly 
uh, against the Titans when Derrick Henry was out. Uh, didn't didn't think that they would be able to be as dominant as they were, but um, yeah, they looked phenomenal uh, beating the Rams, who have had an, a really really good year. And the uh, Rams are great on offense, great on defense. Uh, you know, they 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 seem to have it all together, but not against the Titans in this one. No, no, the, the Titans, uh, uh, the Titans uh, defensive line really shut down the Rams offensive line. They pressured Stafford all game. Simmons led the way with three sacks on Stafford. Uh, Tennessee as a whole had five sacks on on Stafford. And they just really shut down their offense. Like oh. they 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 shut them down. Tannehill had a pretty good game, solid 19 and 27, 143 yards, touchdown, interception. And then he rushed for one touchdown too. And their new acquisition AP had a touchdown. Wow. Went 10 for 21. So not the AP that we remember, but he still managed to get a touchdown. And hey, oh. at the end of the day, the Titans got the win. Yeah. Yeah. Super happy to see APs back. Uh, didn't really look like the AP of old, like you said, but uh, he got his 125th career touchdown, 119 on the ground. You like you said to me today, that's got to be up there. That's got to be one of the top guys in, in the history of the league. And um, yeah, hopefully once he gets his legs under him, they gets in more of the game plan. Uh, we can see um, some, him break off some great runs and uh, have a good year uh, filling in. Derrick Henry's shoes are massive to fill, but um, AP's had an absolutely, absolutely incredible career. Yeah, he's had a stellar career, and I hope that he can come in and help them in whatever way, shape, or form that he can so that uh, the Titans can keep this, uh, keep this train moving along the tracks, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, it just sucks that Henry, who was having, you could possibly say it could have possibly been a career year, but unfortunately got derailed with that foot injury. Yeah. Uh, Titans um, top team record wise in the AFC uh, looking, you know, really, really strong, even without Derrick Henry. Uh, I think they have a lot of weapons. I love AJ Brown. Julio Jones has been reborn there. Uh, you know, I'm not counting them out. Uh, I think they're going to go far in the playoffs. Uh, uh, you know, they've got the best record and have for the last few weeks. And uh, yeah, I, I, I feel like look out uh, Tennessee's for real. Yeah. And especially if they can somewhat fill Derrick Henry's shoes by committee in yeah. the backfield, then they're going to, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with, man, because, I did not expect them to do this to the Rams. No. And they did. Yeah. Rams fall to seven and two. Titans go up to seven and two. And as I said, number one seed. Titans host the Saints in the early window next Sunday. Uh, the Rams go to San Francisco to face the 49ers on Monday night football uh, a week from tonight. So, uh, yeah, we'll see how that shakes out. Uh, Chicago has scored. Uh, it's 23 20 with four and a half minutes left. Um, keep you abreast of that a little bit. Uh, yeah, it's tight. Uh, maybe you should have pulled off that bet. <laughs> uh, maybe I, I'm gonna be honest, Chicago's just not a team I can trust. Nah. They, they, can, they can do this or they can lay an egg. You, know, you. you don't know what Chicago team is gonna show up. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, okay, so we've covered the NFC West with the Cardinals on top, Rams sitting in second. We've got the Niners there, and then we've got the Hawks. Uh, Seahawks had the bye, uh, but I heard just today that Russell Wilson's been cleared to play. He will play this coming Sunday against the Packers and possibly against Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers will be cleared to play on Saturday. So um, a lot of people are pretty mad at Aaron Rodgers right now. I don't know if he burned the bridge and, uh, you know, could possibly face this suspension, could face some fines, breaking protocols. Uh, he's been in uh, he's in a lot of hot water for this COVID, positive COVID test and some of his sort of uh, shadiness around uh, being vaccinated and stuff. Uh, I'm just going to say it for what it is. He did not tell the truth. He was asked certain questions. He alluded to the fact that he was immunized. And then he was asked follow-up questions to the immunization answer. And his answer was, yeah, yeah, um, um, I'm good. Um, like, wait, wait what? Wow. And then we find out because he got caught that no, he's not even vaccinated. None of that stuff is real. Like, wow. all you have to do, if you, if, if that is your stance, if that's what you want to do with your body, because it's your right, then just tell the truth. Yeah. But the fact that he didn't tell the truth and the fact that he didn't follow the protocol and the fact that he thought, I'll just flaunt this. I think a lot of people on the team, the staff, knew. Yeah. And tried to keep it quiet for him because yeah. he's winning. Pretty but now cool. that that's happened, now he's got to pay the piper. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, not good. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think he gets a pass on this one. Uh, I think if I was – Commissioner, if I was running the league, I'd really hit him hard because, you know, you can't have these people lying about this kind of stuff. Uh, This is, you know, killing people around the world here. And, uh, you know, this is serious. And, you know, if if he wasn't vaccinated, he should have been wearing a mask everywhere he went. Uh, But I saw many, many press conferences without a mask on. Uh, possibly, you know, spreading COVID around uh, if he if he he's got it right. So not good, not good at all. No, not good. And again, like I said, he, he's flouting it in front of everybody, yeah. saying that I don't really have to do this. I'm not saying that it's because he's Aaron Rodgers. I'm just saying from his actions, it kind of tells me that well, I am Aaron Rodgers, so yeah. I don't have to do this. Yeah, exactly. that's the wrong message to have to your fans yeah. and to your 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 teammates and to the league in general. Yeah. Not not good. No, not good at all. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it was a, a crazy thing to have happen this week. Uh, we'll get into talking about the details on their game against the Chiefs in a few minutes, but um, yeah, I thought we should cover cover that a little bit because uh, it's been quite the story and uh, a lot of Packers fans are even mad at him and I didn't think he could do much uh, except leave the team and have them mad at him uh, Favre you know was the golden boy and then when he left the team they got a few people got mad 
Rogers comes in, takes his place, seemed to, you know, have Wisconsin in his back pocket, probably could have ran for mayor, uh, <laughs> you know, state senator, whatever, would have got the heck, heck of a votes. But seems like a lot of people are pretty mad at him right now. Yeah, man. And and as they should be, because like this is a real thing for many people. It affected them in negative ways. People have lost people because of COVID-19. It is not a joke. This yeah. is like this is some serious business here and you should treat it with the seriousness that it deserves. Yeah. And I don't know if he has done that because he has uh, he's, he just hasn't been honest. He hasn't been honest with with himself or the fan. Well, maybe he's been honest with himself because he's been lying. But <laughs> at the same time, it's like, come on, man. Just all he had to do is tell the truth. Yeah, and he didn't do that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we saw it in hockey. Evander Kane, uh, he got suspended uh, from uh, having, yeah, he he lied about uh, being vaccinated. And yeah, it's uh, it's not a good thing. Uh, yeah, I, I really wish it wasn't something we had to deal with and talk about, but uh, we'll see what shakes down in the in the coming days. Um, okay, we talked about the NFC West. Let's turn to the NFC East. Um, the Cowboys are still leading. This, you know, division was a complete joke last year. Uh, Giants ended up winning it with a losing record, and you know everybody was terrible. Cowboys have, have had a great year, but boom, they got really blown away and shocked by Denver, uh, thirty to nothing. It was just an absolute crushing defeat by the Cowboys. Uh, they're still in good shape, but um, were you shocked by this result? Yes, completely shocked. I. I turned to the game because I was watching a different game, and then I saw, wait, can that be right? Thirty nothing? What the heck happened to this team? <laughs> like, no. they, they were doing so well. Like, does that mean that Cooper Rush should have started again? <laughs> yeah. Just give Prescott another day off. Like, what the heck just happened? So it's like their offense fell off a cliff, man. Yeah. I, Vaughn Miller's gone. What? are you doing? <laughs> like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. That was amazing. Yeah. It was a, it was a shocking result. Uh, I couldn't believe how much they just rolled up on him. Um, Dak Prescott coming back and just not being able to, you know, do much. They were all for four on fourth down. The time of possession was uh, Denver had the ball for 40 minutes and 54 seconds. Dallas 19 minutes and six seconds. Uh, crazy. Uh, Jonathan Cooper came in for Vaughn Miller and had a phenomenal game. He had two sacks. Uh, and, and a lot of people thought uh, Denver, when they got rid of Vaughn Miller for just some draft picks, they thought, oh, they're throwing in the towel. They're tanking. They don't, they don't want to, you know, win. And the tank was not on at all. Uh, they were determined to win this one. Bridgewater had a phenomenal first half, 125 and a half pace, uh, passer rating. Uh, they also were great on the run, 96 yards in the first half on 17 carries. Uh, their defense was super great, just suffocating the heck out of Dallas. 16 uh, nothing at halftime, and then they just kept rolling it on and on and on, and, and Dallas just couldn't recover at all. Uh, crazy, yeah, to be able to just shut them down that badly. Yeah, and the fact that, their time of possession was greatly enhanced, uh, the Broncos, by the running attack, yeah. which was like, <laughs> it went through them like a, like Swiss cheese. 
Williams, 17 attempts for 111 yards and Gordon, 21 attempts for 80 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, man, that like they literally could not stop their running attack. They could not stop it, the Cowboys. Yeah, it was it was awesome. I loved it. Uh, for Dallas, Malik Turner got the only two TDs, but uh, back to the drawing board for Dallas. Uh, they host the Falcons uh, early window Sunday and the Broncos host the Eagles at, at 125. So, uh, but as I said, yeah, Dallas has got that division pretty much in hand. Um, the Giants uh, are in second place. They sit at three and six, but they pulled off another upset, beating the Raiders uh, 23-16. I was um, really quite surprised uh, at this result as well. Uh, this one was really about the turnover battle. Uh, Derek Carr threw two interceptions and lost a fumble. Um, that was really just – Raiders just couldn't overcome these miscues, and, and the Giants uh, didn't have a really great day, but uh, they were able to pull out the win. Yeah, because of those said turnovers, McKinney was the recipient of both those interceptions with two picks, and one of them for pick six for 41 yeah. yards. Yeah. And uh, then they just rolled with that. Mac Jones was all right. <laughs> 15 to 20, 110 yards and a touchdown. And uh, Booker in the backfield subbing in for Saquon Barkley, 21 attempts for 99 yards, almost had a 100-yard game. Yeah. Um, the Giants did well, but I think the Raiders were still reeling from basically having to let go of their number one receiver because of what happened with him drinking and driving DUI yeah. and unfortunately killed somebody within that. So released immediately from the team. Yeah. And they had a, uh, they had another, uh, guy released today. Uh, oh. I'll pull up his name in a second. Uh, he uh, he had posted some threats online, uh, showing off a gun and saying he was going to kill somebody with it. Uh, one of their corners uh, draft drafted same time, uh, twenty twenty as um, Henry Ruggs, and um, yeah, brutal. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, details are are sketchy a little bit coming in today, but. Uh, I guess they got wind of this uh, threat, online threat, and uh, decided to cut him immediately. And, and um, yeah, they, they seem to have a lot of problems there. And a lot of people were worried about professional teams going to Vegas because there was a lot of craziness in Vegas, a lot of distractions, a lot of people that might be on the wrong side of the law. And, uh, wow, uh, it's biting them really bad. Uh, these last couple of weeks here looks like the coaching staff is going to have to bear down on the team. I, you know, I get it. Vegas is that place for many people, but at the end of the day, these men are professional athletes. They need to conduct themselves in a professional way mm -hmm. at all times. So that means that they'll have to exercise discipline when they're having fun. Yeah. No kidding, yeah. Uh, his name is Damon Arnett. Uh, he, oh, let's see here. Uh, yeah, uh, will they? Will I be able to see? Uh, he's he's in the middle of two lawsuits against him. He posted a video. Um, 
He he left the scene of a car accident in October 2020 near the team facility when he was running late for a team meeting. Uh, the woman that he hit is suing him for damages. He has a second lawsuit by uh, an employee of a casino that uh, the alleges that he uh, screamed at her, spat on her, and had a uh, big fight over trying to retrieve his car from the valet. And then this video just surfaced that has him brandishing some weapons uh, threatening to kill somebody with them. So uh, somebody that they said they do not want employed anymore. Uh, they've given him a lot of opportunities, but uh, he's burned his bridge there and uh, seems to, uh, yeah, have, there's some troubles there. There's some real troubles there. Yeah, I don't know, but it doesn't seem like it's a smart idea to me if you're a public face and then you threaten somebody with your guns on the internet saying, I'm coming for like, this is not a movie. Nope. That's not a movie. You can't play around like that. Not good. No, no, <laughs> no. Can't be doing that. Yeah. The result. Okay. We're, uh, we're still in the East. Uh, we've been able to cover the Cowboys, the Giants. Uh, let's talk about the Eagles. Uh, the Eagles had a great game against the Chargers. Uh, but fell 27-24. Uh, Justin Herbert had another phenomenal game, 356 yards passing and a couple TDs. Austin Eckler was utilized again quite a lot. And uh, Keenan Allen had 12 catches for 104 yards. Um, Chargers, yeah, they've had a couple stumbles, but seemed to right the ship pretty good on this one and uh, have a nice, nice victory over the Eagles. Yeah. Yeah, they did. They righted the ship well, and that was because of Herbert's um, coming to the rescue, so to speak. Yeah, right. 38-356, like you said, was two touchdowns, and then he ran one in as well. He was he was absolutely on point, and yeah. that's kind of the – that's that's what you expect from your leader of your team. That's the kind of uh, thing that you expect him to do when – it matters most. And it did. This was a win that they needed and they got. It. Yeah. We, uh, we're, we're definitely going to get into the uh, ASC really quick and the um, Chargers lead the West there. Uh, we'll talk definitely uh, more details about that. We were covering the NFC East and uh, talking about Philly. Uh, Jalen Hurts uh, had another uh, great game. Uh, man, that guy is a weapon. They just, I think they just need to surround him with a little more talent. Uh, I think uh, he's going far. I, I love watching him play. He's, he's, he's so athletic. Uh, he's so tough to bring down. He's a Lamar Jackson, but just needs, you know, a, a better scheme around him. I think. Yep. Totally agree with you on that. Like he can, he can do it all. Like yeah. he can do it all. And I think his decision-making is just getting better as yeah. we're going along here during the season. Like he's these games, like basically what's happened to the Eagles kind of reminds me of what the Chargers were going through last year, where a lot of these games, the Eagles are just kind of just barely losing. Yeah. And so if you give him the weapons that he needs next year, if he gets those things, these, these, these games like this one against the Chargers, now they'd start to win. Yeah. 
I love Devontae Smith there. He is amazing. And, you know, they got to keep him, but they got to surround him with more talent. Uh, Devontae Smith had five catches, 116 yards and a TD. The rest of the entire receiving core only had 46 yards. So, you know, like he, I can't believe he can be that productive with nobody else really there helping him out. Uh, they just, yeah, they just don't have, you know, they just threw away Zach Ertz and said, oh, yeah, somebody, you take him. We don't need him. Uh, Goddard is okay, but, you know, he's not the weapon that Ertz was. And uh, I like Jordan Howard, but this team definitely needs more weapons, a little more on defense. And uh, you're right, though. They do remind me of the Chargers from last year. I think if they can get a little more around him, uh, yeah, it'll be fun to watch again. Yes, definitely. They would be fun. They would be relevant, yeah. most importantly. Yeah. And uh, Hertz would be happy because he's like, oh, you, you finally given me stuff I can use to win. I yeah. need these things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Chicago just got a touchdown, it looks like. Uh, I, I think they're going to review it and make sure, but it's uh, 26 all, uh, 145 left in the fourth quarter. Uh, we'll see. Oh, they're going for, uh, they're going for the single extra point, but, uh, some, somebody jumped offside there. Uh, but yeah, holy cow, Chicago might pull off this upset. Uh, we'll see what B big Ben can do with a little less than two minutes left. They'll get the two minute drill out there and try to march down to try to get in position for a field goal or get a touchdown. Uh, pretty surprising result here. Most of these primetime games have been close. Uh, we weren't really expecting this one to be close, but um, yeah. Are you surprised? It's it's tied and Chicago has a chance to go ahead here. Yeah, it's basically telling me I should have made that bet. But yes, I am surprised. <laughs> I am surprised. I didn't I didn't expect this kind of uh, effort from the Bears, but maybe I should have because the Bears and the Steelers usually always have like a good game against each other, yeah, regardless true, yeah. of whether the one team is doing well or the other team's doing well or not. Yeah. yeah. No, it's a great old rivalry. They've been part of the league for so long. And yeah, so you got the singles. So yeah, Chicago, 27-26, uh, 146 left in the fourth quarter. And uh, yeah, we'll see what the Steelers can do. Uh, okay. Uh, let's talk about the NFC South. Uh, the Bucks had a bye week. They sit in first place, six and two. The Saints sit five and three in second place, and the Falcons are four and four in third. Uh, they had a huge tight division battle, and Atlanta pulled out the victory. Uh, Matt Ryan had a phenomenal game. Uh, the Falcons were up twenty-four to six, and the Saints made a furious comeback, but. Um, Matty Ace and uh, his weapons were able to pull out the big victory, 27-25. Go Falcons! Yes, my Falcons actually, like, they didn't crumble in the end. They, no. they, they actually pulled it out. And what what helped was uh, Ryan hitting Corderell Patterson for 64-yard game to set up for the game-winning field goal by Young Ho... Young Hoku? Young Hoku. Yeah. I... I I didn't know who their kicker was until just this moment. So, <laughs> young home crew, 29-yard field goal for the win, which is awesome. And Matty Ice, 23-30, 343 yards, two touchdowns, and he ran one in as well. Yeah. He did everything in his power to win this game, and he did. And then you had uh, 
Patterson, six receptions for 126 yards. Very impressive. Yeah. Oh, man. Tyus, three receptions, 58 yards for two touchdowns. Nice work. Yeah, no, he was great. Um, they ran that same play, third play of the game, the, the pass to Cordell Patterson down the sideline. He got it for 34 yards. They ran that play with uh, the, the fourth. Uh, there was three plays after that catch that Patterson had, and then they kicked the field goal. Uh, exact same play, and he ran it for 64 yards this time. So it uh, must have been great for that. Um, offensive coach to know that, man, that worked. I got to pull that off sometime later in the game. And uh, yeah, that weapon was just, there it was boom down the sideline. Uh, that guy is fun to watch when he gets out in space and, and uh, yeah, he was the reason why they were able to get that last, that late field goal. Yeah. He, he is a weapon that Maddie ice has been utilizing very well so far this season had no idea that the man was that good, but he is. And no. uh, that's that's definitely somebody that they should be keeping their eye on and keeping in-house for as long as they can. Yeah. The Saints were um, missing Jameis Winston, but Trevor Simeon uh, came in and looked pretty good. 250 yards passing, a couple touchdowns. Uh, Alvin Kamara, you know, utilized as usual. Uh, Mark Ingram back. Recently got back on a trade from Houston, reunited with the team that drafted him in 2011, spent eight years in New Orleans before uh, he was turfed out the door. Uh, great to see him come back and have an impact. The former Heisman Trophy winner, uh, I saw an interview with him. He's just thrilled to be back there. That's really his professional home. Didn't have tons of success when he left. Great to see him back. It is great to see him back, and also, too, he's he's probably overjoyed to be back because just getting out of the purgatory of Houston, yeah. If, if, I'm, if I'm on that team, I'd be like, oh, trade me, too. Can I leave? Can I leave as well? I okay. love you. <laughs> I know what you're saying, exactly. And uh, Young Hoku, you should know that guy. He's got three game-winning field goals this year. That guy has come through. So amazingly, and the Falcons actually sit in the in a playoff position right now because of their kicker. Okay, number one, amazing. As I got to tell you, there's no way that I thought that they would be in a playoff position because of the way they started. There, there's just no way. Yeah, one in three start, and they're they're in a playoff position, man. It's unbelievable. Yes, that is. So I hope they can keep it up. I hope they can keep in that position. Oh. I don't know if they can, but all I need is young Hoku. Just keep hitting those field goals. Keep hitting <laughs> the game winners, buddy. Come on, buddy. Come on, buddy. <laughs> I was really worried for you because the Falcons were up 24-6, and all of a sudden I saw <laughs> Saints creeping back, creeping back. I'm like, oh, my God, no. This, this Falcons team, they've had too much heartbreak being up big on games and, and losing it, but uh, nice to see. And Matty Ice, man, I love that guy. Man, he he just puts in so many great performances. And, uh, yeah, another huge, huge, huge win for Atlanta. Yeah, huge win. I love Matty Ice. I know he's had his trials and tribulations. He's not a fan of Brady. I know this for a fact because I'm not a fan of Brady. Anyway, I'm just, I'm just overjoyed that they didn't 
fold and they won this game. I know. Uh, Chris Boswell uh, getting ready to make a kick if they can get into position. He's already hit two field goals tonight, uh, one from 52 and one from 54. So he's got the leg. Uh, he did miss an extra point earlier, and it's looming very large right now because it would be tied. Uh, but uh, Steelers are marching, 50 seconds to go. Uh, let's see where they are on the field. But, uh, yeah, can he get it? Oh, they're really in field goal range here. Yeah. What happened? Uh, oh. Ben's pointing to somebody saying something. But, yeah, 40 seconds left. I think they're uh, well, in really good shape to pull this victory out. All right. That, that's good for the Steelers. Yeah. If they can pull it out. They haven't kicked it yet. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Never can count a field goal in, that's for sure. That's uh, that's the one of the toughest jobs in football, I think. Uh, you know, you're either the hero or the goat, It's and it's a tough job. Yeah, unless you're, you're, you're Tucker or Vinatieri or somebody where you just go, oh, okay, so he's going to hit that and the game's over. Okay, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you got an automatic guy like that, then it's it's always in doubt until it goes through. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, okay, let's talk. Uh, uh, well, let's finish the off the NFC South. We talked about the Bucks, Saints, and Falcons. Panthers sit last in the NFC South, uh, four and five. They fall below five hundred with a twenty-four to six banking at the hands of the Patriots. Uh, Sam Darnold. Oh, he's benched, and uh, I don't know. He might not ever come back. Uh, his, you know, his early resurgence again coming out of the, the Jets, and uh, boom, he's fallen back to earth. Uh, doesn't look good. Um, this this could be career ending uh, if they bench him and he doesn't come back. I don't know who's going to take him. Yeah, yeah, it's not good. Not good. Um, he was intercepted three consecutive possessions in a row in the second half. And one of them was returned for 88 yards for a touchdown. <laughs> so they're not good. And, and also too, Belichick is actually four no against this guy wow. because wow. his defensive scheming, Darnold just goes like this. I don't know what he's done. <laughs> what is going on? I'm just going to throw the, ball. and then it's an interception. He has against a Belichick defense, one touchdown, and nine interceptions. Oh my God. Wow. Oh. That is horrible. <laughs> Belichick was just licking his chops as they were uh, putting the game plan together. Hey, eh? holy cow. Wow. Yes. Those are, those are some rough stats. Yeah, man. He like Belichick just goes, Oh, I'm playing Darnold. Fantastic. Man. Okay, Boswell's lining up a kick here. He's seven for nine in game-winning kicks in the final couple minutes in fourth quarter overtime. Uh, they're icing him with a timeout here. Uh, good, good uh, job, Bears. Good. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I don't see the yardage distance, but it's a shorter kick. Definitely should be doable. And. Uh, yeah, I wish you would have put money on the... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So do I. Thank you. Thank you. I, I get that now. I get that. I get yeah. that. <laughs> um, the only thing that went wrong for the Patriots was they lost 
uh, both their running backs, both left from head injuries. Uh, Damian Harris uh, got a head injury, uh, had to be um, removed from the game. And uh, yeah, yeah, he got it. 40-yard field goal. 26 seconds left. Steelers take a 29-27 lead. Big Ben giving high fives all around. And Justin Fields now has 26 ticks on the clock to try to pull something out. Probably pretty unlikely. Um, but, yeah, the, the Patriots decimated uh, their original running back, Romande Stevenson. Uh, he, he was doing great. 10 carries, 62 yards, a couple catches, 44 yards. But, boom, head injury, had to leave, concussion protocol. Damian Harris came in. He had five, 15 carries, 30 yards, and a touchdown. But then, boom, head injury, had to leave the game. Next man up was Brandon Bolden. Um, but, man, that's tough, losing your top two running backs uh, in the same game. Yeah, super tough. But at least they got the win. And hopefully uh, both running backs don't have lingering effects that will keep them out for the Patriots next game. Yeah, and Patriots also lost their tight end, John Smith, to a shoulder injury. Not sure of the severity of it. Um, Panthers had Christian McCaffrey come back. Uh, great to see him back. Uh, love watching this guy play. He's such a, an amazing weapon. Out of the backfield, running, passing. Uh, uh, great to see him return. The guy can do it all, and he's one of the best offensive weapons in the NFL today. I love watching this man work. Um, I think it would have been a mistake if the Panthers had actually traded him for Deshaun Watson. Yeah, I don't think you you trade a talent like that. You keep a talent like that on your team. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So uh, okay, we've covered the NFC. Uh, we've got the uh, the North. We talked about the Packers. We talked a bit about the. Uh, Vikings, uh, the Bears game here, and the Lions still sit winless. Uh, looking forward to, I guess, maybe a Thanksgiving win. Uh, they're always playing on Thanksgiving, but 0-8. And, uh, yeah, hopefully Dan Campbell has been able to uh, have a week without no crying. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe he just wants to enjoy his like, Thanksgiving. He's like, oh, please, I just want to. Please, can we get a win? Yeah, <laughs> lost lost your audio for a second there, but yeah, sorry. Oh, yeah, sorry, you sorry. were just saying, yeah, yeah, just praying for a win. No more tears. No, praying for a win, and I just want to enjoy my turkey with with the cranberry sauce. Like I, that's all I want, yeah. and a win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, so AFC. Uh, we talked about the Chargers a bit. They lead the AFC West at a five and three record. Raiders. Five and three as well, uh, but they're reeling, man. Uh, Henry Ruggs, that was really rough uh, losing him. Um, and then, yeah, we hear about this cornerback. A uh, lot of, lot of tough uh, things going there. I don't know what's going to happen with the Raiders, but uh, I, I see them in in tough. But this division has four teams all within half a game. Uh, the Chiefs. Pulled out a, a late win, uh, 13-7 to seven yesterday, even without Aaron Rodgers. 
Jordan Love comes in, doesn't look good at all. But um, man, the, you you think the Chiefs are you know going to pull this together? But they still didn't look good at all. No, they didn't. They they literally just did enough to win against a team that was missing their MVP of last season. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, that's not actually the real team that you beat there. I, I hope that the Chiefs realize that they dodged the bullets because of Aaron Rodgers not being in the lineup. Yeah, yeah. COVID helped the Chiefs, and uh, it was rough. But uh, the thing that really stands out for me is um, they they drafted Jordan Love a year ago. He had a whole year under Aaron Rodgers. Uh, you know, there as a bl- safety blanket, there as a succession plan when Aaron Rodgers – moves off into the sunset, either retires or goes somewhere else. Uh, And, you know, he's been great MVP, like you said, but at some point they knew Jordan Love was going to come in there. But, man, the game plan just didn't seem to fit Jordan Love at all. And and it was was really sad to see how poorly he played, but poorly the hell the offensive scheme was designed to try to bring him in and give him an opportunity to get a win. It was – it was pathetic. I don't know what the Packers were thinking. Well, the, the, the coach did fall on the sword for that one because he said, I, I am responsible for getting him ready, and I did not do that. It was pretty obvious to those watching that game that he wasn't ready. And you're just like, well, if this guy is supposed to be su- the successor to Aaron Rodgers, why isn't he ready? <laughs> why isn't he ready to go? Because anything can happen in the NFL – Rodgers could be get an injury, be out for the rest of the year, and he just he wasn't prepared. Yeah, he was not. Well, the Bears, amazingly enough, in those 26 seconds, were able to get in, but there that's a 65-yard attempt here. Perfect. 65-yard attempt here. Oh, it hit the crossbar. Are you I serious? It, I think it hit the crossbar. Oh, it did, but it didn't. It, it didn't, didn't go in. in like, didn't do the double doink can go in. Oh. I think it fell out, and the Steelers won 29-27. I'm gonna wow. see a replay, but it looked like it hit the crossbar to me. Oh wow! Hey, 65 yarder! Wow. Yeah. 24 seconds. They were able to get close, but not close enough. No, no. I guess they'll blame Fields for that. <laughs> All we did was one more yard. He couldn't even get us that. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> yeah, that, that would be funny, eh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Let's see it. Here it is. It's high. It's deep. It's short. Oh, it didn't quite hit the crossbar. No, it's okay. still a bit short. No, it, yeah. it didn't. No. Oh, it, optical illusion. It it was quite short. Oh, okay. Woefully short. Okay. <laughs> but it was online, though. It was online. Yeah. <laughs> would have made it. Good enough. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, uh, so AFC West, we've covered Chargers, Raiders, Chiefs, Broncos with the huge victory. Half a game separating that uh, division. So insane. Uh, we'll see how that starts shaking out in the next little while. Uh, okay, let's go to the other division in the AFC with all four teams super tight. Uh, we've got the AFC North with the Ravens sitting at six and two, leading the division. Steelers now five and three, uh, Browns five and four, and the Bengals five and four. So uh, the Ravens, 
they had a huge comeback win. Uh, used to be that uh, Jamal could Jamal uh, Lamar Jackson, not Jamal Lamar Jackson couldn't win coming back. He was 0-6 in a lot of opportunities, uh, but now he's done it three straight times, been able to come back from double-digit losing and pulled out the win, looked great doing it. Man, he is another incredible guy to watch, uh, such a weapon and a really big victory for the Ravens. Yeah, he by himself almost had 400 yards of offense, right? 27 to 41, 266 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions, but 21 attempts rushing for 120 yards. Like, that's it's just so ridiculous. <laughs> like, goodness. Like, I know. You don't know what I was like, do. holy crap. Like, that <laughs> is this unheard of numbers for a QB to rush it 21 times for 120 yards. Like, not too yeah. many running backs in the whole league get 120 yards in a game, uh, let alone the QB. Yeah. And so as a, as a defense, you're going, I don't know what he's going to do. <laughs> I got no idea, but I'm terrified. He's terrified yeah. because he decides to take off and run. Oh, oh, he just happens to be one of the fastest guys in the NFL too, as well. It's, it's great. He's fantastic. Amazing. Yeah. He's amazing. Uh, great to see a uh, former MVP take, took a lot of criticism, but, Seems to be, you know, able to address his weaknesses and and just be really, really phenomenal. This game was only close because he threw a couple picks, but you can't fault the guy. He he was he was utilized so freaking much in this game. It's incredible. His his stat line was. I, I had to look about three times and go. Am I actually seeing these kind of numbers from the QB here? Yeah, and on top of that, he's the only reason why they came back in the first place. Yeah, because this was a game that they were set to lose. Yeah, without him putting on his Superman cape and saying, "Don't worry, guys, I've come to the rescue. We're gonna be fine." <laughs> yeah. And he absolutely did that. Yeah, man, so amazing. And they have been decimated with injuries this year. They lost their top three running backs. They've had to bring in a few uh, guys to help Devonte Freeman and Le'Veon Bell have come in. Uh, Devonte Freeman had a great game and Le- Le'Veon Bell had a touchdown. Uh, Hollywood Brown though, man, that guy's great to watch too. Uh, uh, Lamar's ha- uh, really happy that uh, they've got him another nine catches, 116 yards. And uh, a lot of them are just spectacular catches. He's quickly becoming one of the best receivers in the game. Yeah. And uh, he's showing it time and time again, week in, week out. Um, I know that uh, Lamar Jackson is super happy that this guy's on the team. (laughs) Did you see the catch from Devin Duvernay in the back of the end zone, one-handed, leaping catch? What a spectacular grab that was. Yeah, because I thought that was just going to go out of bed. I didn't think it was a catchable ball. No. I thought there was too much heat on it. I know. And he caught it. I was like, oh my goodness. Amazing. 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 Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. This was uh, really phenomenal to watch. Um, I I was shocked because um, they're uh, the the rookie for the Vikings uh, returned the second half kickoff 98 yards for a touchdown. And uh, they were down 17 to three. They were down 24 to 10 when that touchdown happened. 
and you thought, oh, okay, this is Vikes day, but um, really amazing that they came back. Uh, great, phenomenal defensive effort as well. Uh, Eric Kendricks had 10 tackles, seven assists. Cameron Dantzler had 10 tackles. And Cameron Bayan had nine tackles, three assists, and an interception. Uh, their defense has always been great in Baltimore. But, uh, you know, now they got a great offense, great defense. Uh, I think they're becoming the team to beat in the AFC. Yeah, I, I, I think I'd have to agree with you on that, and especially if Jackson keeps the form the way that he's playing right now. If he can continue on this trajectory, they are going to be a load to deal with in the playoffs. Yeah. Really uh, it'll be fun to watch them on the Thursday nighter game. They play the Dolphins in Miami, uh, which should be uh, in a fairly easy game. But, uh, you know, like I said, most of these primetime games have been close. And um, the Vikings play the Chargers in L.A. Uh, 105 uh, coming Sunday. So, uh, okay, in, a, in that divisional matchup, I mentioned it off the top, the Browns and Cincinnati – the Browns uh, really blew this game out of the water. A lot of people weren't were suspecting a really tight game, but um, the Browns scored on six of their first seven possessions and were able to really just uh, dominate the Bengals, winning 41-16. Uh, Nick Chubb was massive as always. 14 carries for 137 yards and two touchdowns. That's 9.8 yards average per carry. Um, that running game sure helps out Baker Mayfield, who had a good day, but uh, doesn't really need to be phenomenal uh, when they have a running attack that good. Yeah, and it, it shows. It shows. Like, everything uh, offensively works just so much easier for him if he has Chubb or Hunt in the backfield to help him out. Yeah. Because it – it, it was so obviously apparent because Chubb is one of the best running backs in the league yeah. today. And he showed it as soon as he comes back is like, all right, boys, just get on my broad shoulders. Just give me the ball. Like it's actually not even that many times. It's going to be great. Yeah. No <laughs> kidding. Yeah. Uh, there was a bit of controversy surrounding the Browns this week with, Odell Beckham Jr. deciding uh, he didn't want to play there anymore, and they decided they wanted part ways as well. He got released today, and um, there's big speculation that he might go to the Seahawks, which uh, really surprises me. I don't think the Seahawks need him. Uh, that is his preferred destination, supposedly. But, um, yeah, what do you think of this mess? Uh, uh, another prima donna receiver that uh, – they're not throwing it to me, you know. <laughs> ah, I want out of here. Uh, you know, you said Terrell Owens Jr. or Terrell Owens today. Uh, that's immediately what comes to mind when uh, some of these prima donna receivers uh, start wanting out of town. Um, he went there and uh, just really hasn't been working out for quite a while. Yeah, and I don't know if the Seahawks really like they got a certain culture in that locker room that no. I think is not him. <laughs> like oh. he doesn't fit oh. that culture so i don't know why you would want to bring a guy like that into your locker room and on top of that that's not what they need to no. improve their team they no. need people on defense to help improve their team not offense not offense 
Uh, OBJ has uh, 7.25 million left on his salary for the rest of the season. Uh, that's quite a bit to take on. There are a lot of teams with salary cap room, but most of them are at the bottom of the standings. So uh, we'll kind of see where he shakes out. I, I, I have a little bit of a list here that I'll pull up in a second who has salary cap room, but um, do you see other teams where, you know, he might be a fit uh, where he might come in and help? There probably is, but all the teams I'm thinking of are not probably going to make the playoffs. <laughs> like, so that means he'll get all the balls he ever wants thrown to him, but that's about all he's going to get because yeah. he's not going to do anything in the playoffs. So I, yeah, yeah, that's, that's what I, that's what I see. That's what I, I see. Foresee. Uh, okay. So, uh, there are nine NFL teams with salary cap room that they could fit Beckham in. Uh, okay, so uh, Jags have the highest amount of salary left with $27.8 million. He's not going to go there because they suck. Uh, Eagles, maybe. Uh, we talked about them needing another weapon. They got 20, uh, almost $21 million left on their salary cap. So uh, that might actually be a good fit. And um, I think him and Jalen Hurts probably could get along. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you. That that actually could work. That's a destination spot that could work, potentially. Uh, okay, I'll just run down the rest of the list here. Broncos, 13.4 million left on their cap. Seahawks, 12.6. Panthers, 11 million. Chargers, 10.3. Steelers, 10.2. Washington, 9.3. And the Bengals, 8.5 million. Uh, probably some of those teams near the bottom don't want to give up the rest of their cap on one guy, but, um, he might be a fit with the chargers possibly might be a fit with the Steelers, um, Broncos, maybe, I don't know, but, uh, we'll see how it, uh, how it pans out. Uh, they've got till Tuesday at noon to make a decision if they're going to clear, uh, pick them up off waivers. Uh, a lot of people speculate that he won't be picked off way picked up off waivers, but somebody will sign him as a free agency deal uh, if he goes through the entire league not picked up. Yeah, I, I can definitely see somebody picking him up after all of that for sure. He's still a talent. He can still help somebody. Yeah. Um, I just don't know about like some of those other teams like the Chargers. Again, I look at the Chargers and I think to myself. I don't think he fits that team yeah, because of not, who yeah. he is and what he represents. I just don't think that he fits that. Yeah. And the Chargers got Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, uh, you know, two really yeah. good weapons there. And Austin Eckler out of the backfield. Uh, there's speculation. San Fran's interested. Uh, and the speculation at New Orleans is as well. Um, Seahawks currently ninth in the waiver order. San Fran is 12th and New Orleans is 23rd. So, um, yeah, we'll see how it uh, shakes out. Uh, Cleveland goes to New England to play the Pats uh, 10 a.m. Uh, Pacific time Sunday. Uh, the Bengals, they go to Vegas to play the Raiders. Um, okay, let's talk about the AFC East. Uh, this, this division has surprisingly really shrunk down to, you know, the Patriots and the Bills. I uh, thought Bills were going to run away with this division this year. Uh, the Jets and Dolphins are horrible. 
we didn't really think that the Patriots were going to be this good, really, frankly, but uh, Bills had an absolutely dreadful performance against the Jacksonville Jaguars and lost nine to six. Uh, I think everybody was just stunned, wiping their eyes and, and looking again at the ticker. What the hell's going on here? How the heck did Buffalo lose nine to six to the Jags? Where did their offense go? Like what happened to this prolific offense that all of a sudden just fell off a cliff? Like it's just gone. <laughs> what? It's not a magic show. Like what? Where is it? Where did it go? Like, and how come the one Josh Allen was totally outplayed by the other Josh Allen on the other side of the yeah. ball? On the other side Great. of the ball. Great. Yeah. <laughs> that linebacker, Josh Allen, interception, had a sack, recovered a fumble. He had a monstrous monster game. game. Monster game. Monster game. And then the other other Allen threw for two interceptions. He he tried he, he he spread the ball around 264 yards, five attempts for 50 yards. You know what though? There was there was a point being made by a certain analyst, and maybe this is a problem now going forward. Maybe they're actually asking too much of Josh Allen. Yeah. where he's now their number one rusher and he's the quarterback. Let's be honest, man. Josh Allen is not Lamar Jackson. No, okay? true. He's not, he's not that guy. So possibly he needs help to alleviate some of that stuff in the backfield. Like their, their running backs need to step up and help this game. They, the Bills only had 14 rushing attempts in the whole entire game, and Allen had five of them. So, That's, you know, yeah. where, where was the rushing attack? Like, it wasn't like, you know, you, you abandon the run because you're way behind. They were never way behind, and they but they abandoned the rushing tack altogether, uh, relied on Allen to try to pull this off by himself. Uh, uh, really strange, really shocking result, shocking game plan. Um, but, yeah, I'm glad you brought up the, the other Josh Allen. He said he was fully disrespected everybody was like the calling him the other josh allen and he's like no i'm the josh allen i'm gonna show you guys that and with a pick a fumble recovery all the tackles pressures oh my god the guy just proved that yeah maybe he is the better josh allen well he, he proved definitely in this particular game that he was the better josh allen and now i think people are very much aware that oh there's two josh allens and that one guy that plays for the jags on defense really good really yeah good. great yeah i i don't think many people knew that there was two josh allens in the <laughs> league uh that's the first time in history that a guy intercepted a ball off the guy with the exact same name uh, pretty hilarious stats coming out of this one and uh he made a name for himself in one game so uh the bill the bill still sit first in the division but the patriots have caught up they're only half a game back at five and four uh, the Jets sit in third, two and six, and the Dolphins, two and seven, are sitting in the bottom. Uh, Buffalo goes to the Jets, uh, so uh, they, you know, they should be able to get a victory there. Uh, the Jags go to Indy to face the Colts, and uh, the Colts they absolutely smoked the Jets uh, on Thursday nighter, forty-five to thirty. Jonathan Taylor was. Absolutely phenomenal with uh, 17 carries for 172 yards and a couple touchdowns, and he got a couple of catches as well. Carson Wentz looked good. Naheem Hines was amazing. Michael Pittman. Uh, 
man, I, uh, I, I love the Colts. Uh, uh, Carson Wentz has been able to go there and really rejuvenate that team. And they're they're They were firing on all cylinders that game. Yes. Yes, they were. Uh, Wentz solid, uh, great game. He had a great game. And then obviously the running attack with Taylor was just monstrous, yeah. monstrous, absolutely monstrous. Mm-hmm. But I would say though, the jets uh, with their third QB in Johnson, actually acquitted himself really well. Great. 27 to 41, 317 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. Like I, I was, I was impressed. I was impressed with the fact that he came in after white got knocked out because he couldn't grip the ball with his right hand. And uh, you know, yeah. it, it was going to win the game, but at least he acquitted himself quite well in that game. Yeah. Great to see uh, after Mike white had 405 yards passing and, you know, really, Came out of nowhere. All of a sudden, their third stringer comes out of nowhere, too. Everybody's like, Josh Johnson? Like, whoa, he's still around? Okay. Oh, wow. And then, boom, uh, he has a phenomenal game. Uh, albeit in a loss, but, um, you know, great to see. Great to see these quarterbacks get an opportunity and have a phenomenal game. Let's let's see what's happening with Mike White, uh, if it's very long. But, um, yeah, I love, love, to, love watching the highlights of this Johnson guy. He was great. Yeah, and that's good. Because like this is this is what the Jets have to look forward to. It's like, ah, well, we don't know what this guy can do, so we're just gonna trot him out there and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. In the uh, in the ugliest game of the weekend, uh, the Dolphins beat the Texans seventeen to nine. Two horrifically bad teams. Uh, there was nine turnovers in the game. That's the first time in five years that there's been nine turnovers in a game. Uh, I'm glad I didn't spend one second watching this game live. Uh, pathetic teams. Tyroid, Tyrod Taylor came in through three picks and had a fumble. Um, Jacoby Bissett came in. He threw a couple picks for Tua. Um, yeah, it was rough. This game was rough. I feel sorry for the people that wasted their, their three, four hours uh, having to witness this debacle. Yeah, because you're just like, oh, oh, they turned it over. Oh, they turned it. Oh, oh. okay, all right. So I think I I get the general tone of this this game, which is turnover, turnover, turnover. So whoever turns it over less is probably gonna win. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, it was it was pathetic. Uh, really super bad. Um. Yeah. So basically, that concludes our coverage. I just want to mention the AFC South. We've covered it all, but Titans are sitting first at seven and two. Colts are four and five, second place. Jags two and six and third, and Texans uh, at the rear one and eight. Eight straight losses for Houston. Uh, they get a bye. They can't lose this week. Woohoo! Houston's <laughs> rejoicing. Uh, the Dolphins will host the Rams on the Thursday nighter, like I mentioned a little earlier. So, um, yeah, but a crazy week. Uh, this, this, this schedule has been amazing, and teams are just getting tighter and tighter and tighter together. I guess that's what salary caps are sort of designed for, uh, as well as trying to keep the spending under control, uh, parity in the league. Uh, so many teams through the middle, not too many teams at the top, few at the bottom, but most teams really in that middle. Yep, yep. And the league has been very good at making sure that parity exists and that there's not too many powerhouse teams that are just going to overpower everybody in the league. So they've done well in that respect. 
They sure have, yeah. Okay, NFL done. Let's finally get to the UFC. Woo! We get to chat about the best card of the year. Uh, one of the best cards ever. Um, Dana White called it one of the best cards he's ever seen in the UFC since he's been around. Um, it just it lived up to its billing. Six consecutive knockouts on the prelims. And then the main card starts, and we see one of the best fights we've ever witnessed in the history of the sport. And then we get two title fights to end the night. They both were great. Went down to the final round, two rounds apiece. Um, what more could you ask for? There wasn't anything more I could ask for. Like, like there was like literally nothing. Like I, like the the first fight of the main card was so good that the second fight, which was just a shade under, <laughs> it was freaking unbelievable. Like people had a hangover already. They're just like, oh, it's a great fight, but man, I, I think I cheered too hard for that last fight. Yeah. It, like you could hear a pin drop. Like I, that was the one thing that shocked me. Yeah. Any other time that the, those two guys that followed up after the Chandler Gaethje fight would fight, they would be cheering. People would be losing their freaking minds. Instead, you heard this. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, I know, <laughs> I know. Shane Burgos and Billy Quarantillo oh, were, were amazing. They they put on a hell of a show, but uh, I haven't seen a crowd blow their wad that quick and not be able to cheer for guys that were really banging too. Uh, it was it was amazing, though. That Gaethje-Chandler fight has to go down as one of the best fights ever in the history of the sport. Yeah, they went after each other. They like they, they they put it all on the line. They were just like, one of us is getting laid out. And as that fight was going on, I go, ah, this this cannot make it to the third round. You can't. There's no way. Like, like I'm looking at it going, these guys are throwing so freaking hard. They're cracking each other. People are getting wobbled and stunned and going back and forth. Like, I just thought there's just no way. But no. they did. They made it right to the end. And it Maybe. was amazing to watch. Yeah, it was really great to watch. And, you know, I I hearken back to seeing Justin Gaethje here. You and I went to it here. Uh, he faced Cowboy Cerrone. This is the shirt from that night. Um, he has been on a, a really amazing run uh, lately, but um, that was that was the best performance. Uh, he came up against a guy that's tough as nails. Chandler just uh, wouldn't quit. And... Gaethje's uh, leg kicks are just so devastating, though. Just so brutal. Uh, those, you know, ha definitely were the difference to me. And um, But uh, Chandler uh, sure didn't lose any fans. Probably gained a ton. Uh, just really showed so much heart, even though he took a ton of abuse. He took a ton of damage, and he kept coming. Yeah. He kept coming. Like, in the second round where Gaethje floored him with that uppercut i thought this could be the beginning of the end nope yeah. nope that was not the beginning of the end no, no. he just kept coming at him had that massive slam on him i believe in the third round where gaethje rolled with it yeah wow that was I, phenomenal yeah and i'm just like what what, what is happening what is <laughs> happening in this fight this is ridiculous yeah but, and and chandler had the right idea in the first round, he was kicking with the kicker until he couldn't kick 
anymore because the kicker kept kicking his leg and he couldn't use it. So it's done. Yeah, it was done. And yeah. that's the one thing with Gaethje that you know he's going to take away one of your limbs and it's going to be one of your legs. Yeah. You know? yeah. And then you're going to have to try to fight him on one leg, which is what Chandler had to do. Pretty tough. And he still acquitted himself well. Yeah. Both guys ended up in the hospital. They sent him there for precautionary reasons because it was such a war. Um, they, we didn't get an opportunity to hear them talk. Can't wait to hear some of the talk this week as uh, some uh, reporters will be able to get an opportunity to chat with them. But uh, might have taken a couple years off their life, but it sure gave us a hell of a thrill. Um, the thing that really blows me away about this card, though, is that Justin Gaethje's coach, Trevor Whitman, is also the coach of Rose Namajunas and Kamaru Usman. So he was 3-0 and on this fight night and had two belts put around his fighter's uh, waist. And Justin Gaethje is now in line to be the next up for the championship once Charles Oliveira and Dustin Poirier have their battle. Uh, he's, he's going to be facing one of those two guys. Uh, but Trevor Whitman, what a night, unbelievable. Three incredible performances by his fighters. Um, man, I don't know how much he celebrated, but I, I might be still drinking if I was him. He should be celebrating like a heck of a lot because he, he did it. He, he did it. He did it. He went three and oh, like, like against the ultimate in competition. And he did it, man. And uh, he should be very proud of his fighters. He should be very proud of himself because they had a rock-solid game plan for all three fights okay. across the board. And I, I, I was just super impressed. And also, too, very impressed with how he's changed Gaethje's game, too. It's not always about the firefight. Sometimes yeah. you're going to have to use head movement and not get hit all the time. <laughs> yeah. I know you're tough. Just don't get hit so much, though, that you're taking all this damage. Do more damage and be elusive at times yeah. because it's going to pay dividends. He had to learn the hard way when he fought Poirier and Alvarez, Eddie Alvarez. And he, then he learned, it's like, oh, I can't just blow through these guys. They're super tough. Yeah. yeah that's what happens. You know, uh, after saying this, you know, I want to apply for the easiest job on the planet i'm going to actually send out an email i might make even a couple phone calls i think the easiest job on the planet today is the recruiter for trevor whitman's gym now imagine the guys that are going to be knocking down his door to try to get in that gym to get some training and coaching from him uh the easiest job on the planet uh why not hire me i can i can do this recruiting and and bring in all the best people on the planet because, man, they're going to be knocking down your door. Yes, absolutely, because that 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 fight team has two champions. And there's I think there's only one other fight team that has two champions. Yeah. That's Volkanovski and Adesanya's team. Right. They also have two champions. So yeah. they're obviously doing something very correct. Something and they're obviously doing like great work with their fighters because look at what they've done. Look at what they've accomplished. It's, it's absolutely amazing. And they brought in three ridiculously awesome fights, fights that definitely put this UFC, this particular UFC in the stratosphere of the best of yeah. the best to have ever been done. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
Okay, let's talk about the main event. Uh, Kamaru Usman putting himself uh, the, in the talk about the best pound for pound on the planet right now. One of the best welterweights of all time, starting to become up there in the GOAT status. Uh, 15 consecutive wins in the UFC, cleared out the division, even beat everybody else twice, uh, has just really been phenomenal. Uh, Colby Covington gave him all he could, but just was the second best fighter again. And um, man, this was a great fight. It was 2-2 going into the fifth, but Usman uh, was the better fighter and pulled out the win. And um, I don't know who's next for him, but man, uh, he has had an absolutely phenomenal UFC career. And um, yeah, it will be considered one of the greatest of all time when it, you know, when we talk about it years from now. Yeah, yeah, he he he's taken on all comers and he has beaten all comers. Yeah. Covington showed his moxie again, showed his toughness, showed his heart. Um, that second round, I thought he's done. He's out of there. Yeah, he got dropped twice, twice hard. Yeah, yeah. and still managed to survive and came back with. Fire in the third round. Yeah, wow. Like, I was just like, what? How is, how is he doing that? Amazing. How is he doing that? But the one thing I loved was that Kamal Usman, super disciplined, never chased after the finish, didn't chase. Yeah. Knew that Covington was in there for the long haul, knew from experience, it's like, <laughs> I'm just not going to be able to get this guy out of here like that easy. Yeah. And he didn't, and he couldn't. I was uh, I was really pissed off about one thing that whole entire night, and it was that they didn't give 10-8 in that second round to Usman. All the cards were 10-9. Uh, what more do you have to do? You knock the guy down twice. In boxing, that's a 10-7, not a 10-8, not a 10-9. That's a 10-7. I can't even not, I don't know, like, how do you get a 10-8 when you how, – how can you not get a 10-8 when you knock a guy down twice? He dominated that round. It was crazy. Utter domination. Utter domination. I remember thinking to myself, and I'm like, well, well what did Covington do coming back that deserved the 10-9? Oh, nothing. <laughs> like, like, there was nothing. There's nothing that I could point to in that round so for him to have deserved the 10-9. So, yeah. But anyways, it doesn't matter. It didn't matter. In the end, Usman got got the finish, got the win, but uh, uh, Covington did not make that easy. He fought him as best he could. No. He's just second best, man. Second best. Second best, yeah. Yeah, he sure is. Okay. Uh, there was another rematch in the women's strawweight fight in the Cole main event. Uh, Rose Nami Yunus against Li Zhang. They fought earlier in the year, and Rose got an early victory with a head kick uh, ended up ground and pound and got the knockout on Whaley. Whaley said it was going to be different this time. She was going to prove that that was a bit of a fluke and she was going to be able to avenge the loss. But uh, also 2-2 going into the fifth round. And uh, I thought Rose was definitely the better fighter in that fifth and final round. Pulled out the win. Also becomes one of the greatest female fighters of all time. Uh, entering that elite status and um, getting a victory over a really, really, really tough opponent. 
Uh, but uh, phenomenal win for Rose. Really great performance. Yeah, both ladies put it on the line. And I was very impressed with uh, the adjustments that Whaley did with her camp, with her wrestling. Uh, first three rounds dominated the grappling. Yeah. But unfortunately, her tank didn't last right because then in the lighter rounds doug rose took over and grappled her fourth and fifth and took over that yeah and more importantly took her down in the fifth held her down won the fight yeah that to me that's 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 the moxie of a champion that that's what that's the character of a champion knowing what you have to do and executing it to perfection that trip that she had yeah. Perfect setup. Perfect okay. setup. And then did not let her get up. Yeah. Didn't let her get up. Yeah, I, I think that's definitely a flaw in Whaley's uh game. Uh not being able to get off the ground. Uh, I think there was over seven minutes control time for Rose. Uh once she got her down. It didn't look like Whaley was making a ton of attempts to try to get submissions or to try to reverse it, get off the floor. Uh, she was a bit of a turtle on her back and, and uh, you know, that's, that should have been Rose's game plan. I, I didn't think Whaley was that poor off her back, not being able to try to get the fight back up to the feet. It was, it was a really one-sided once it got to the ground. Yeah. And it was surprising to me that in the fifth round, knowing that you kind of need to win that round if you want to win this fight. Yeah. And she just, there was no effort to, desperately try to get back to her feet at least from what i saw there was none of that i don't know if that's because she was done and her endurance was toast maybe she couldn't get up anyways even if she tried that could have been the reason but either way great win by thug rose i couldn't be happier she's one of my favorite fighters to watch I, i just love how genuine she is and uh in her own words she is the best. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, she's very inspirational and really fun and uh, uh, great for the sport. Love love seeing her get the victory. And uh, it was crazy that uh, somebody actually thought that Whaley won that. Uh, it was a split decision, not unanimous. Shocking. Uh, but when they announced and still, I was like, okay, they got it right. But I don't know who the judge was uh, there on that one. Pretty poor. Uh, what about Halle Berry putting the belt on uh, Rose there? She's, uh, yeah, kind of wild to see The Rock put the belt on somebody and then Halle Berry now. Uh, maybe we're going to get celebrities constantly putting the belts on these champions and, and sort of bringing a little bit of the Hollywood to the UFC as well. Well, I, I know that, they, you know, like once uh, that uh, Endeavor bought the UFC, they had a lot of their clientele have shares in the UFC. Probably Halle Berry is obviously one of them. And I guess one of the perks is you want to put the belt on the champion? Do you want to do that? And also, too, it's a great marketing ploy. Yeah. It gets people interested because I'll tell you this much. I was super shocked. I was just like, what's Halle Berry doing in the octagon? <laughs> Are you kidding me right now? I'm like, oh. I and, for me, again, I didn't even know that she was a fan. Oh, I think yeah. that's cool that she's a yeah. huge, massive fan. She's a massive and fan. So it, it, it's great to see. It's great to see that, you know, like the sport is crossing to all corners of the world. It's going into celebrityhood and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's just going to help grow the sport. It's awesome. I uh, The very first time I ever saw somebody outside of Dana White, uh, since Dana White's been involved in, in the sport, uh, very first time I ever saw somebody other than Dana put the belt on somebody was uh, UFC in Toronto, uh, George St. Pierre and Jake Shields. And I was there at a, um, a press conference the day before, and uh, this guy stood up and said, hey, Dana, I really want to put the belt around George St. Pierre's uh, waist when he wins. Can I do that? And Dana looks over and, and he looks at his team and he's like, uh, I always do that, but you think I can let this guy do that? Ah, sure. Why not kid? And he uh, let the guy do that. And uh, it was phenomenal to see, try to watch some footage, everybody, if you haven't seen it. Uh, sometimes it got lost in the shuffle because you just, seeing the joy on uh, George St. Pierre's face as he's winning. And, uh, but yeah. And then all of a sudden now uh, Dana passing it off to the rock to Halle Berry. Uh, who's next. Uh, we should see if we can get some prop bets up on who's next. Uh, I don't see Jake Paul being the guy, but uh, who do you think could be next? <laughs> yeah. I don't think that's ever going to happen. Yeah. That, that's a good call. That's a good call. Or the, Paul or the brother. I don't, I don't think that's ever going to happen, but. I do love the fact that he's actually doing that. He's 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 opened the door, so to speak, for people to do this, and uh, he should continue to do this because, like I said before, I think it's excellent marketing on his part for this to happen. I saw that uh, Halle Berry uh, was in town there in Vegas. Um, she was part of a, a same charity that Dana was part of. Uh, they auctioned off a dinner with a celebrity and Dana White was bid on somebody bid on a night with Dana, somebody bid on a night with Hallie so they could have dinner. And uh, so that was one of the reasons why she was there. They raised a, a ton of money and uh, she's been a huge fan of the sport for a long time. I knew that somehow. And, uh, but yeah, to see her in the cage holding the belt, I was like, Oh, I didn't know this was happening. This is kind of cool. Yeah. And also too, I, I just, didn't know because I saw it pre-fight when they were doing the weigh-ins. She was yeah. also there. She was separating the, the two girls there, right in the yeah. middle of them. Yeah, and I was just like, wait, wait what's, what's happening? <laughs> like, my brain kind of broke. I was just like, what, what, what yeah. is she doing there? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know how old she is, but she still looks great. And uh, yeah, she brought a lot of class to, to the event as well. And uh, yeah, there was a ton of celebrities there in new york always good to see that um another thing that uh, came to mind was uh the post-flight presser with dana white uh he just decided to start throwing out money like crazy i know he won a bunch of money on canelo he bet a hundred thousand dollars on canelo to get a ko win and canelo delivered in the 11th round he was probably May, I don't know, biting his nails, maybe not, because he's got so much money, maybe he doesn't care, but he won a bunch of money on Canelo. He handed out more bonus money than I've ever seen him hand out before. He handed out 50K to Gaethje and Chandler for fight of the night. He also gave 50K to Cheeto Vera, 50K to Chris Barnett. Uh, Bahada got 50K. Bobby Green got 50K. Then he handed out uh, Curtis, he got 25k, and Shane Burgos 
Uh, also, uh, Shane Burgos got uh, 50K. No, not 50K. Uh, got some money, uh, some bonus money. He wouldn't tell how much, but Burgos and, and Billy Q got uh, some bonus money too. So uh, Dana was in a giving mood uh, on Saturday night. As he should have been. How many times is he going to actually have an event that good? Yeah. Like, honestly, I, yeah. how many times is he going to have an event that good? Yeah. It's probably not going to happen too often. So yeah. when it does, he's got to show the appreciation to his fighters the way that he should have, the way that he did that night, which is, yeah. you guys did the company well. Yeah. So here's the reward. Exactly, yeah. Okay, let's just fly through some of the rest of it. Uh, Frankie Edgar was great, but uh, took a shot. Uh, same front kick that we saw Anderson Silva give to Vitor Belfort. Uh, Leota Machida ending Randy Couture's career. I don't, I don't know why more fighters don't do that. Guys, fists are always here. That middle, why not throw that kick? It was uh, perfectly landed right on the chin, put Frankie down. Frankie protested early stoppage. What the hell? But uh, I think it was just and fine. And, uh, you know, he looked great in the fight, but, um, yeah, took the KO loss with the, the front kick to the face. Yeah, in the third round. And you know what? It, it proved to me, though, that Frankie can still fight. Yeah. He can still fight. He's still yeah. relevant. But at the end of the day, maybe he's not upper echelon anymore. Yeah. You know I mean, yeah. just it's just not quite there anymore. But they're a great win on his part. Especially utilizing his, uh, sorry, not Anderson Silva, but Steven Seagal taught front kick. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Yeah, good point. Yeah, that's hilarious that Steven Seagal taught him that one. Yeah, that's amazing. I almost forgot about that. That's amazing. Um, okay, let's talk a little bit about uh, some of the prelims. Uh, where do you want to start? That uh, uh, Bobby Green. Bobby okay. Green. Yeah, why don't we talk about Bobby Green? Uh, I think it was Dean Thomas that came in at some point early on and said, uh, no, I don't know who it was actually, but somebody remarked, it's going to be hard for Al to see where these punches are coming from because Bobby Green had him down by his sides and he was dancing around and throwing them out of left field and uh, connecting with Al. It was an uh, amazing performance by Bobby Green, who is super fun to watch. Oh, yeah. And, and then plus on top of that, that that fight that he just lost the the last time he was in the octagon, he he got more fans because of that loss because he went up against one of the best strikers in the UFC yeah. and damn near almost beat that guy. Yeah. Right, so yeah. me when I look at Ally Quinta, I'm like, oh man, no, I think he might be in over your head here. That guy can strike and he can crack, yeah. and his hands were so crisp, they were so accurate, they were so fast. That two piece that he hit him with, bang bang. Just like that. Yeah. Over. Yeah, just like that. Just, you're right, done. Boom. Uh, Al had been uh, sidelined for a couple of years. Uh, he actually fought for the belt against Khabib a few years ago. Uh, uh, I think he still had a maybe, maybe a bit of rust on him, but uh, hard to fight a guy like that where nobody else fights with their hands down by the side the whole entire time and comes at you. Uh, so quick, though, Bobby Green and just – those lightning fast hands are uh, going to be a going to be trouble for most of that lightweight division. Yes, most of that lightweight division, and I I just want to see Bobby King Green keep uh, climbing up the rankings because I I really enjoy watching that man fight. 
Oh, he's so fun, isn't he? Yeah, so fun. Uh, okay, uh, Chris Curtis uh, had a, an amazing debut coming in, old veteran that's been around the regional circuit forever, uh, facing Phil Hawes, who, who just looks like a rock. He just looks like marble and uh, tough as nails. But Chris Curtis had a shocking, shocking KO win. Uh, really, really phenomenal for a guy coming in as USA debut, facing an incredibly tough Phil Hawes. Yeah, and Phil Hawes' stand-up looks on point, most on point I've ever seen him. Yeah. And I, I remember during during the fight, they're like, well, Curtis is going to have to earn some respect here, or else Hawes is just going to keep going forward. And as soon as he said that, Hawes countered left hook. And it's like, ah, it <laughs> starts freaking out. And I'm just like, oh my God, look at the delayed reaction. Because almost like Phil Hawes was trying to get himself together yeah. and just could not. The shot yeah. was too hard yeah. and he fell down. That so, was a crazy delayed reaction because, yeah, it wobbled him a little bit. But yeah. then he came in and he didn't really even hit him with anything more cracking. But uh, Hawes was just, oh, oh. Oh, my legs are giving out. I'm down. And that was that was all she wrote. Uh, incredible. Uh, crazy upset. Um, he said it was a 14-year odyssey that he's been on. It was his 35th pro fight. Uh, usually we don't see guys making uh, getting into the UFC so late. Uh, he's got on a six-fight win streak. Uh, they finally gave him this opportunity, and it's great to see a guy change his life like that. Boom. Yeah, man. And it it was just uh, – it, uh, it's encouraging. It's encouraging for a man just to keep continue to keep chasing his dreams and finally get there and then have a debut like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's just spectacular. Amazing. It was amazing. Yeah. Uh, Edmund Shabazian, three-fight losing streak uh we've talked about him you and i since he came in everybody said oh the next greatest guy is gonna be going to the championship i'm like what the hell are you guys talking about and uh yeah, another loss uh he's in trouble uh i don't know where he goes from here but uh i really like this ian gary off the uh, early prelims uh another irishman coming in uh, he was he was in trouble a little bit early. Jordan Williams was equating himself quite well, but uh, Gary with the big KO win and uh, cocky as all hell, sounding like a bit like Connor. And uh, he said something like, uh, "What did Connor say? We're not here to take part. We're here to take over." And uh, got that Irish personality. Um, yeah, good performance uh, to come in and get his USA debut win. Yes, yes. And he, he did, he, you know what? He didn't remind me of Connor. He mm. reminded me of the newer guy that's uh, from England, Patty Pimlet. Yeah, right. He, he kind of kind of reminded me True. of that. Like, yeah. like, well, I was just like, oh, okay, well, let's see what else you got, kid. Because yeah. uh, that, was, that was impressive. I would like to see more from him. Yeah, me too. When we were talking about Trevor Whitman earlier, and uh, you were mentioning uh, city kickboxing in New Zealand being one of those great camps. Sanford MMA, Henry Hooft, an amazing camp. Uh, I really, you know, strongly recommend young fighters going there. He's been having an amazing amount of success. Ian Gary left Dublin, went to Sanford MMA, and he's uh, he credits them for 
getting him ready. And uh, did you see the picture they showed of him as a little kid with Connor? Uh, he was working at some uh, clothing store and Connor came in to buy a suit and they had a picture of him. Did you, did you see that picture? They flashed up on the screen for a minute there. Missed it. Missed oh, it. man. Great shot. Young looking Ian Gary uh, with Connor. And he said he was his hero and he wanted to, you know, be uh, able to come into the USC one day and uh, got his debut, got a big victory and uh, good on him. Uh, I loved Chris Barnett. Uh, this guy does not look like he should move that well. Uh, he comes dancing into the cage. He uh, throws a wheel kick, knocks John Volante down, gets the victory, doesn't a really crazy flip. Uh, this guy's got a great personality and a lot of fun and um, his body doesn't look great, but, uh, his fighting style was good. Yes. His body doesn't look great. Kind of reminds me of a, another guy from a different combat sport, boxing Tyson Fury, where you just go, you say, wow, that, that, that's, uh, that's an alpha body right there. That is, uh, <laughs> is a body made for destruction maybe. <laughs> so, but at the same time, correct me if I'm wrong. But I think that might have been, unfortunately, John Volante's last fight. I yeah. believe he was retiring yes. after that fight. Yeah, yeah. He um, he just said, uh, yeah, he's he's done. His career's over. He's going to go uh, into coaching. And uh, John Volante uh, started out a lot smaller, uh, yeah. moved up the ranks, decided he just didn't want to train hard anymore, and he wanted to eat. <laughs> Got quite the belly on him. Uh, has really moved up to the heavyweight, up to heavyweight ranks, and um, you know, a pretty decent career. But um, you know, I really wish he would have uh, dedicated himself more to the gym, stayed at the lower weight, uh, kept competing there. Uh, just decided he wasn't dieting anymore. He wasn't going to work out hard. Going to try himself at heavyweight. Didn't have success, and uh, calling it a career. Yeah, it, it's it's unfortunate because I think if he had more discipline, uh, especially with when it came to his food and his eating habits, yeah. I think he would have had more success. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, okay, a few other KOs. Do you uh, anything else to jump out at you, or have we have we covered the best card of the year? I, I'm, I'm actually pretty good, man. I, I just wanted to uh, touch upon Imovov again. I think we had it wrong because I believe those two guys came in about the same time and all the all the push was for Shabazian yeah. when it should have been with this guy, Imovov. Yeah. Imovov is going to be a problem for anybody fighting him going forward in the future. Yeah. He looked he looked. It looked fantastic in that fight. I was super impressed. He sure did. Yeah, he looked amazing. Uh, I I am super impressed. And yeah, I don't know. I think uh, because of uh, him going through Ronda Rousey's camp, I think uh, you know somehow he got the hype behind him. But uh, Imovov is the guy, and you're right. Um, yeah, he's a force. Going to be a force to be reckoned with for for many years. So so we had two numbered. Cards in a row, 267, 268, 268 was just absolutely amazing. Uh, this coming Saturday, we've got a card coming back from the Apex. Max Holloway making a return against Yair Rodriguez. Uh, what do you think we're going to see here? Fireworks. Yeah, I've been looking forward to this fight forever. 
because I believe one of the last times I saw Yair Rodriguez in there was against a Korean zombie, and he did that crazy, awesome <laughs> back elbow, up elbow thing. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'm expecting fireworks. I'm expecting Max Holloway to throw so much volume strikes that it's 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 going to try to overwhelm and just drown the man. And I expect Yair Rodriguez to show his creativity with his strikes to try to befuddle mm -hmm. Max Holloway. I think that fight is going to be absolutely fantastic. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I, 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 I'm really waiting for that one too. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, good people on the card. Felicia Spencer's fighting. Uh, Ovin St. Prue. Uh, he's coming in against Philip Leans. Um, I know that uh, Tanner Bozer's fought these guys, uh, so it'll be interesting to see them. Kevin Holland's back fighting Kyle Dawkins. Uh, that fight's going to be fun. Yes. Now we finally get to see it happen. Hopefully, yeah. no clash of heads this time. Yeah. And obviously, I guess uh, Kevin Holland is uh, over whatever little injury that he had because yeah. at first he wasn't going to be in this fight, but now he is, so... Yeah. I look forward to this. Yeah. Uh, Cynthia, Cynthia Calvillo's fighting. We've got, uh, uh, yeah, just up and down. A lot of great fights. Um, super looking forward to it. Um, yeah. UFC just keeps on rolling. Uh, but, um, yeah, they're going to be a hard, hard to match this great card from this past weekend. You're not going to match it. All right. I'm just going to say it right now. You're not going to match it. You can only kind of keep going forward and hope that maybe next year or the year after or the year after that that you have another card this goddamn good yeah because it was that good that was amazing yeah incredible i i loved it uh, top to bottom man uh, what a what a way to entertain ourselves on saturday night uh so happy that we got to witness it and um, yeah, it lived up to the billing and yeah, it's going to be years before we see something that good. I'm sure of it. Yeah. It, it's, it might be a while yeah. or we might see it on December 11th. We'll yeah. See. Yeah. Let's see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, let's finish this off we're going to go to the NBA, talk about uh, the, I guess, third week now, the NBA uh we see the golden state warriors back atop the league they are playing phenomenal had another victory against the atlanta hawks tonight sitting nine and one on the year um six and one at home three and oh on the road uh really i've put this together a lot sooner than people expected with no clay thompson yet uh just rolling steph curry had another 40 point game tonight um, yeah, Steve Kerr has been able to assemble these pieces and, uh, they are the talk of the league, uh, back on top of right now looking phenomenal. Yeah, they are at the top of the league and they're the talk of the town as they should be. Steve Kerr has hit all the right points with this team. Um, the offense has such incredible movement. They, they swing the ball around, they share the ball, they trust each other. But more importantly, from what I've seen, is their team defense is utterly stellar yeah. at this point in time. Yeah. It is so on point. It's unbelievable. I saw a game, I cannot remember which game it was, where Stephen Curry has taken his defensive responsibility to another level. He had two blocks. 
Yeah. They called him Steph Matumbo in that game. He was Steph Matumbo. <laughs> Steph what are you talking about? <laughs> wow, that's amazing. That's not something he's ever been known for. So holy cow. He actually got 50 tonight. He hit the 50 uh, half century mark. Uh, 50 points, 10 assists, and seven rebounds. Uh, 127-113 victory over the Atlanta. 50-10 and seven. Like, man, is that a stat line? Yeah, yeah. And it, <laughs> I, I guess he shouldn't be shocked anymore, but he's, he's the dude is that good. Yeah. He is that good, and he will continue to be that good for the rest of the year. And then, my goodness, they're eight, no, nine and one. You said nine and one, right? Nine and one. Nine and, one yeah. and they're still missing their other Hall of Famer, Clay yeah. Thompson. <laughs> All right. Incredible. All right, man. Yeah. yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. They were 40% from three point range to hit 18 threes tonight. And uh, man, yeah, so fun. <laughs> I'm glad I recorded it because I plan to watch it after this. Uh, really great to see 50-point games from Steph. Always super entertaining. And and uh, Atlanta's uh, struggling. They're four and seven on the year, but but still uh, Golden State putting up 127 and nine and one. Like uh, nobody predicted they would be this good this quick. No, of course not. I I you would think maybe once Clay comes back. Then they'd start to begin rolling even, but you still have to give him a couple games for him to get adjusted, him to get back into the offense, and yada yada. Nope. nope. Don't need any of that. We're gonna be good right now. Yeah. We're gonna be awesome right now. It's it's just awesome to see. Yeah. Super incredible for the team. Incredible, yeah. Uh Utah sits uh uh tied with the Mavericks. Uh they're seven both seven and three. Uh, both having a good uh, start to the year. I, I fully expected them to um, Utah to be up there, but uh, kind of surprised to see the, the Mavs right there. Well, you know, there's that guy. It's, uh, hold on a second. What's his name? Uh, Luca, right. Luca Duncan. That guy is just that incredible. Yeah. He is that good already. Um, I would say that he's early MVP candidate. He's yeah. right up there with Steph yeah. with like what he's done so far this year, which is just ridiculous. Like, what is this? His third year in the league? Yeah. Really? <laughs> already? You're already yeah. that good? Okay. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. I remember when they said they were coming here and uh, you, you know, boom, I had to buy tickets and you said, yeah, I can't wait to see him uh, live. You know, this is going to be great. Cause man, this, this guy is once in a lifetime type of player. Yeah, he is. He's a generational type player. Um, I, I'm already good. He's already a Hall of Famer, as far as I'm concerned, because he's not going to fall off. And he's just he's just a pleasure to watch. Like he's just amazing. Like it's amazing. Yeah. Um, okay. Suns. Suns had a victory tonight. They're six and three, looking good. Grizzlies sit six and four. Denver had a victory, seven and four. Clippers uh, sit at five and. Four. Four and seventh Kings five and five Blazers five and five Lakers five and five. So Kings Blazers and Lakers sit uh, all five and five on the year. Definitely disappointing for Portland and LA. Uh, the rest of the West, you know, these teams definitely are going to struggle. We got Thunder, Wolves, Spurs, Rockets, and Pelicans. Pelicans one and ten. Rockets one and nine. 
rest of those teams, you know, boom, uh, forget about it. But um, I think they're still doing that uh, eight through 10 play uh, playing game. Are they not? Yeah, I believe no. so. Yeah, yeah. That, that's something that they're going to just keep from now in, I think. Do you see uh, the Lakers being in that game again like they were against the Warriors last year? Uh, well, you know, I, I think they constructed their team to not do that this year. I think yeah. that was the, the whole plan. I, I don't know. I, you know what? I'm not going to count LeBron out. That's just kind of silly and dumb, and you shouldn't really ever do that. So no. I'm going to imagine that they will get it figured out. He will definitely get it figured out. Yeah. And uh, they're, they're not going to be in a playing game this time around. I don't think so. Okay. Okay. Uh, let's turn to the East uh, 76ers without Ben Simmons, who's um, um, I think they called him a mental patient or something yesterday, but uh, <laughs> yeah, he uh, he's not there, but the, they're still the class of the East like they were last year. Yeah. Yeah. And so kind of hurts Ben Simmons, his whole, his whole, this whole thing right here because it's like, well, I get you're really good, but the team doesn't seem to need you right now, which is is not really good. Your case it doesn't make your case very strong, but at the same time, man, hey, uh, the team is rolling. Seth Curry is shooting the the cover off that ball. He is uh, doing amazing work. Dolan Bead again showing his MVP form. Uh, the team's doing great. Team's doing great, and I don't know what they're going to do with Ben Simmons, but it doesn't look like they're in need to move him at all very quickly because of how good the team is. Yeah. Uh, Heat are looking good. They're tied with the Bulls and the Wizards, all seven and three. I don't think people expected the Wizards to be right up there. Uh, Bradley Beal's uh, having a phenomenal start to the year, and uh, yeah, he's kind of willing this team uh, into second best record in the East. Yeah, which is, I don't really know how he did that, but yes, <laughs> Washington with it, they're 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 relevant. Yeah, relevant. I don't know how long they're going to be relevant, but they're relevant right now. So a uh, good on bad reveal and uh, dragging that team to a seven and three record. Yeah. Uh, Bulls are looking good. Lots of really good acquisitions there. As we mentioned, Kyle Lowry is really fitting in well with the heat and he's uh, really the engine that could for that team. They, uh, uh, they are very happy. They've made that move. Yeah. As they should be. Uh, he has, He's just hitting all the right buttons with that offense. And uh, he's spreading the ball around, basically controlling the pace of the team and their offense, knowing who to hit. And also, too, I got to give credit where credit's due. Tyler Hero uh, definitely got out of his second-year funk, and he has been playing fantastic basketball this year so far. That's true, yeah. You're right. Uh, Cleveland Cavaliers are surprising a lot of people. Uh, unfortunately, word came out today that uh, their guard, Colin Sexton, has a meniscus tear out indefinitely. No timetable set for his return. But um, th- what's been happening there has been very strange. Uh, they are using three big men, and that hasn't been done very much in the NBA. It hasn't been done much recently in the NBA. Uh, Evan Mobley, the uh, the rookie coming there, he's had a phenomenal start to the year. Uh, and then they're also using Jared Allen and Laurie Markkinen. Uh, three guys, 6'11 or taller, 
in that starting lineup. Markkanen uh, missed yesterday's game. Slight injury. Don't think it's serious, but uh, kind of amazing to see three big men in that on the court all, all at the same time, and they're trying to utilize something different to try to help this team. And uh, seven and four record. Nobody's suspected that from Cleveland. Obviously, clearly it's working because I, I definitely would have thought that they would have been more to the bottom of uh, the East, and they're not. And they're trying something maybe a little bit revolutionary now because, you know, teams are more going to the small ball approach. But at the same time, you have two very athletic bigs in, in Mobley and Jared Allen and Mobley being able to switch onto smaller defenders so that's why it can kind of work. Yeah, work. So, yeah. I, I I'm impressed, and I'm 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 glad to see that they're experimenting with this, and they weren't afraid to try. Yeah. Uh, yesterday's game, uh, Mobley had 26 points, nine rebounds, five assists. Jared Allen had 18 points, 17 rebounds. Uh, and Laurie Markkinen, uh coming from Chicago, there he's been uh, hitting from three, really dominating from downtown. Uh, Cleveland was one of the worst teams uh, by far from three-point range last year, and that was one of the reasons why they thought getting Markkinen in there would be a big help. And uh, so far, he's done good. Hopefully, he's not injured much for long, but um, great to see Cleveland coming back after losing LeBron again. They went back to another rebuild. Um, but, um, yeah, it's starting to come together. They've got a lot of young, good young talent there. Yeah, they got a lot of good young talent, and uh, – I'm glad to see that they're developing their good young talent. They just didn't trade it away to try to get like established superstars. They might as well go from the grassroots and just build up their own superstars, which I think is the right approach for this team right now. Yeah. Uh, the Nets and the Knicks are all both seven and four. Uh, I watched the Raptors against the Nets over the weekend. Uh, kind of, uh, uh, kind of too bad. The Raptors had won five in a row. They had a, a really heartbreaking loss on Friday against Cleveland, lost 102-101. And then they played Brooklyn yesterday, and uh, Pascal Siakam came back, made his season debut, but uh, Kevin Durant, James Harden, just too strong, too hard to overcome, both their good performances. Uh, so Raptors win five in a row, lost two in a row, but, um, yeah, it, it wasn't too – uh, it wasn't too surprising that they lost to Brooklyn, but uh, yeah, it was fun to watch. Uh, fun to watch Brooklyn. I haven't watched, been able to watch too too many games of theirs, um, but uh, both Harden and KD looked great. Yeah, and Harden is beginning to maybe find his touch again, beginning to figure yeah. out these new rules that were pretty much developed to stop him from scoring like that. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. <laughs> He, uh, he almost had a triple-double, uh, 28, 10, and 8, uh, 10 rebounds, 8 assists. Uh, KD was 31, 7, and 7. Um, yeah, really, uh, yeah, it's fun to watch those two. Uh, this was Kevin Durant's first time back playing in Toronto since he went down with that injury uh, when he was with the Warriors, his first time back in Toronto uh, – uh, yeah, he was able to come in, looked as dominant as usual. Uh, really not – can't even really remember him being injured. He, he doesn't look like he's lost a step. It's amazing 
that he had such a significant injury and an injury that has historically really affected a player and like uh it, it's knocked them down quite a bit like they're just not the same player not the same, yeah. but not with kevin durant no. not a thing <laughs> doesn't exist yeah. it almost like you said it just seems like he never even wrote himself yeah. it's absolutely amazing yeah. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, Raptors had won five in a row. Now they've lost two in a row. They're six and five, sitting in eighth place. Uh, the other teams, eight, ninth, and ten, that would be in that playoff bubble if it happened. Uh, Hornets at five and six. Great start. Not looking good now. Four in a row loss. Uh, the Bucks sitting in tenth place, four and six record, two losses in a row. Uh, Hawks, four losses in a row, sitting in 11th, also four and six. Celtics four and six uh, bucks have had massive injury troubles, uh, but it's pretty been pretty cool to see the two onto the uh, getting into the starting lineup game after game, uh, kind of amazing for him to have his brother as a running mate right there. Uh, but uh, yeah, hopefully bucks can get healthy and I think they'll start moving up the ranks quite quickly once they do. Yeah, exactly. Like this is only a temporary thing that they're, they're bottom dwellers right now because well, they're, they're missing a huge chunk of their team. So it's yeah. not going to last. No, no. Okay. Well, uh, for me, that covers the NBA. If there's anything uh, you have to mention, uh, do so. Uh, I love the Warriors and I love the way that they're playing. And I cannot wait to see what happens when Clay Thompson joins the team. <laughs> I, know, I can't man. wait to see what that's going to look like because if they're playing this good already, and then you add that guy onto the roster. Uh, yeah, oh. yeah that, that's going to be just incredible. I'm excited again. Uh, they've had two down years, but uh, man, and great to see them come back. Uh, you you see a dynasty, and then they once they fall off the mountain, you think, oh, maybe they'll never get back there. But um, yeah, maybe they've been able to have just two down years. And maybe now they're going to be back up amongst the elite all season. Great start. Hopefully they can keep it up. Yeah, I, I, I really do hope so. And uh, if there's one thing I can, I can definitely count on is that Steph Curry will continue to keep scoring and continue to keep shooting at high efficiency on threes. Yeah, That's the one thing I can lay my hat on. He's going to continue doing that. That means the Warriors got a chance. They got yeah, a shot. That's true, yeah. Okay, man. Well, uh, it's late. Uh, let's end this. Uh, appreciate this as always. Uh, it was a blast. Uh, really nice to break down the NFL. Amazing UFC card and a little bit of NBA talk. Uh, I guess uh, we'll be seeing each other tons this week. Can't wait. Uh, thanks again, man. This was fun. Yeah, this was a blast. Uh, one of the best UFC cards ever. Uh, always a pleasure, my friend. Always a pleasure. Okay. Cheers. Have a great night. We'll see you tomorrow. Yep, we'll see you tomorrow. Cheers. All right, cheers. Bye for now. Okay, thanks, everybody. This was an extra long one. I kind of figured it might be, but uh, yeah, wow. I look at the clock, and that time has flown by. Uh, Thanks for sticking in all the way to the end. appreciate it, as always. Love you guys lots. Uh, Thanks to our sponsors. We've got uh, Anchor FM, easiest place to make a podcast, Verbero, the uh, hockey equipment and apparel company, uh, Pampas and Possibilities, Desires of West Coast, great things, and Forever Living, uh, uh, the Aloe Vera Company for health and beauty products. Uh, appreciate your support as always. Uh, thank you so much. 
and go to our website, completesportsmedia.com, completemedianetwork.com. Lots of exciting things there every day. Love you guys lots. Thanks again, Larray, for all your great help. And uh, we will talk to you guys soon. Take care. Bye for now.